Hello and welcome to Hometown Glory, your Spurs and culture podcast. We are nearly at the end of this interminable and completely wretched January, but things might actually be looking up. We've got some clean sheets, we've got some actual signings, and we've only got one Europe-wide ban for our director of football. So we've got a lot to catch up on. Tonight, I'm joined by Billy, Tom, and we've got a very special guest, comedian, actor, and mind ambassador, David Alfie Ward. David, welcome. It's so nice to have you on the pod. Do Before we kick off, do you want to give us your origin story? Why are you cursed with Tottenham, as we all are? It's, it's my family's club, you know. I didn't have a choice. I, um, it's I always the went, way. Why, yeah. is there, why do our families hate us? I, I grew up in Walthamstow, which is like a very... It's 20 minutes to Spurs, but then same is 20 minutes to West Ham and it's, it's 25 to Arsenal. So it's like one of those, but my family all Spurs. And I was born in 1991, like September 1991 as well. So I've, I was in the womb when we won the FA Cup. So I've never actually seen it with my eyes. I've never... I sing my eyes to see the glory, but my eyes sing the glory of two league cups. That's it, you know? And um, and so I grew up, when I started getting into football, was the late 90s, early 2000s, which was one of the worst... I don't know if I can swear on this pod. You can swear because yeah, I think well, you have to in those situations. Yeah, it was one of the worst fucking times to grow up and be a Spurs <laughs> fan. And, uh, and there I was kind of, you know, praying that we got a draw against Arsenal or whatever. Um and, you know, but I wouldn't change it for the world. You know, they were they were tough times to grow up. And, but, you know, my, I remember one time I told my uncle, like, we came out of after City beat us 4-3 in the League Cup uh, and they were 10, 10 men down, we were 3-0 up. And uh, I remember saying, oh, why, do you, why did you make me support this fucking shit? And uh, I, I tell that story a lot because it kind of just sums up uh, supporting Spurs in, in, the, in the early 2000s, really, and being made to support Spurs. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't remember that game. I've just, I've wiped it from my mind. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't know what God. you're talking about at all. Um, are you a season ticket holder then? Uh, no, I let it go in in COVID mm-hmm. um, because COVID was bad for comedians. So yes, uh, but now with the with the new stadium, I get I get I get to go to as many home and away games as well. I'm I'm lucky that I have enough connections that I tend to get a ticket even for the big games if I want one. So yeah. So you basically, you get to see enough pain and farce to channel into your act, is what I'm guessing. Yeah, a lot. If you come and see me, you're like, I don't know, if this guy is just a manic depressive, and it <laughs> turns out he's just a Spurs fan. It all makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, can I just say it's great to have David here, man? It nearly, um, nearly collapsed actually last minute over the admin fees, but um, we sent Daniel Levy in to negotiate it. And uh, last minute, he's, he's able to join us. So shout out to David. Thank you very much for coming, mate. Yeah, we had, yeah. To, we had to bring in the bring in the big dogs. Bill, thanks for having me. You know, it's funny because I was at a, I was at a gig one time at the comedy club in Central London. I know, what you're gonna, I know exactly what you're about to say now. Yeah, I know what you're going to <laughs> and uh and I was the compass, I was the comedian that goes on and off the stage. So I'd been on for one section, and then a guy came up to me, and I had a bit of interaction with this guy in the crowd, and he came up to me in the break and he goes, You know, I know you was giving me a bit of banter, but I'm actually a fan of yours. I always listen to you on Tottenham podcasts. You do hometown glory, don't you? And I was like, nah. I said, that's not me, because I, I used to be a regular on the fighting cop. So I was like, no, 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 no. And he went, You're Billy T. And I went, I'm a fuck. 
I wish I was that fun. I wish I was that funny. I wish I was. I wish I could compare that. I I love that so much. I think I've heard that story before. That's actually perfect. Um, also, David, how did you get into? You're you're an ambassador for Mind, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. And how did yeah. you get into that? Uh, I have bipolar, and mm-hmm. um, so I've I've had a wretched time with my mental health in the past, and. Being a stand-up, I've always been able to talk about the, the, the toughest times in my life because that's what stand-up is, essentially. It's talking about the tough times in your life and kind of putting a comical spin on them. And I was on TalkSport one day and I was talking about how I had attempted to take my own life. And Mind reached out to, to me and helped me actually through those times and was like, we like the way that you, you talk about it on national radio. Would you be an ambassador for us? So... Now I've head up. I was the, I was the face of a campaign. I think in um in March I've got to wax my chest because they're they're running a campaign in March called uh, Get It Off Your Chest, which is you know about about talking about get it off your chest. But I'm going to be the literal person of get it off my chest because I've got a hairy chest and you know so it's <laughs> so mind to make me do that. I don't want to do it. I don't just listen. I don't want to do it. But yeah, so it's, it's it, you know I'm a, I'm 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 very privilege to to be an ambassador for mind and all the all the good work they do that's amazing work that's really amazing work and I feel it's nothing to do with us but I feel really proud that a Tottenham fan is involved in work like that because it's really really important and really incredible um and do you know what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to make a very smooth transition as we get other things off our chest you see what I did there <laughs> um shall we go should, should we cast our minds back um, to the Fulham game. I don't know if anyone remembers anything else about this game other than Harry Kane's goal that led him to equal the record. Billy, have you got something for me? I do. I tell you what, I do remember my boy, Emerson Royale. If I remember, I, I, the, the precedent in the Fulham game kind of merged into one, I'll be honest. But yeah, I'm pretty sure he had a pretty good game. I think it was actually one of his better games for us, if I remember rightly. Um, he was playing like a lot more central than on the right. Um, and he's actually really good. Yeah, so that's other than that and the Kane goal, I don't really remember much else. But yeah, Emerson Royal, pretty good that game. So when you say he was more central, does that mean that there's still a future for him? Now we've got our, well, we'll get into like our fancy new right wing back, but maybe there's a place for him, central midfield. Who knows? Yeah, maybe that is what he's been all along. And we've only just realised it. <laughs> Tom? Um, I remember a weird feeling during that Fulham game that we didn't concede first. Like, it's become so normal that we conceded first and we don't keep a fucking clean sheet. It had been so long since since we kept a clean sheet that I remember being strangely spun out by, by like, just a kind of professional 1-0 win. It was freezing and I think, like, you know, it wasn't the most exciting game of football. It was quite a boring match on a freezing, uh, wet Monday night. Um, but it was quite a professional performance in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, go one up and then just kind of see it out. And, you know, Fulham, Fulham had beat us. They would have gone above us in the league. So they're clearly doing something right this season. They should, you know, they've got a good manager in uh, Marco Silva. Um so, you know, we just, we got it done, we saw it out, and for once, we didn't concede, and we didn't concede in the first half as well. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't the most exciting game, but I was chuffed with that. 
Yeah, I was really bored, but I've never been more delighted to be so bored. That's the thing, isn't it? And what a moment for Harry Kane. David, have you got a favourite Kane goal, actually? Because we've been sort of talking about this recently. I think it's 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 easy to say that one against Arsenal with the mask, but mm-hmm. I, 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 I say that because I was in Paxton Road that day and I was behind the post it hit. So I had one of the Amazing. best in the house to see that goal. So, and I remember, I remember it leaving his foot and seeing it bend and thinking, "It's it's in, it's going." In. And I remember, I remember, see, I was probably one of the only people in the stadium that knew it was going in because you would just had that eye line. So that's why I know it's easy. It's an easy goal to say, but like for the personal, and I was somehow was balancing. I was celebrating that. I was balancing on the the seat in front of me. I don't know how I didn't break a break a leg, but. Um, you know, it's easy to say that goal, but but yeah, definitely that that's up there. Um, that's my favourite. It is a really perfect goal, actually. So, like right before the Fulham game, I think Billy in one of our group chats, you were like, "New fear, Kane never scores again," and that was like weighing very, very, very heavily on my mind. But now yeah, I, feel- I think was, I think like before that game, there was a lot of talk about him. Um, him definitely not renewing and stuff like that as well. I think the mood has changed slightly on all that with a couple of new reports saying that he might actually be crazy and renew like again for some reason. Um, but yeah, man, I was just it was like that. There was a lot of fear setting in from all of us that it's all going to go wrong for Kane again. He's going to be leaving in the summer. Yeah, that would have been awful. But um, <clears throat> one away now, one goal away from doing it proper for real. Yeah, one just and then that'll be it. And, and then then whatever happens is going to happen. Um, we kept one clean sheet and then we kept another one at Preston. Like, and we scored, so no goals conceded and we scored three of them. And two of those, two of those goals came from Sun, who hasn't been at his best all season. How do we feel about him? Do we feel like he's back now? Or is this just like how we felt about him after the Leicester game and it didn't really happen? I think it's um it's obviously hard to judge because playing against like a championship side, but I think even if he, even though even if he hadn't scored the goals, he was our best player that game. Um, he seems to like relish in stepping up for Harry Kane. I've seen that lots of times before over the last few years. Um, but it was a much better performance than we've seen from him for a long time. If you avoid the goals, and then the goals were just like amazing, like absolutely amazing, amazingly taken goals. So. Yeah, hopefully this is the start of something because he's got another classic song game next game, Man City. We know that he loves playing against Man City, so it couldn't be at a better time if he is back. Um, obviously, you have to sort of like press and tax it, but who knows? Yeah, it was quite interesting, actually, because I did feel that um, just suddenly, because we've sort of had the Kane and Son show for so many years now, haven't we? That I feel like I at least had forgotten all of those th- times that Kane was injured and then Sun just kind of stepped up and led the line for us and always did that brilliantly so it was like a sort of weird kind of shout out to those days I guess um, and it hasn't happened for so long as well because yeah. I think I think Kane's played like 50 over 50 consecutive league games like he hasn't he's ne- he hasn't touched wood been injured for a very long time now so you don't really it's very rare that he ever gets dropped so yeah it's nice nice to see yeah, it's actually mad, isn't it? Because he used to be injured like at least once a season and we haven't had that. I don't I don't know why we're tempting fate 
by talking about this actually this is completely crazy why are we it's, doing it's it actually, it's actually really winding me up that you're doing that both of you i'm really please, sorry yeah please please stop that immediately <laughs> because, because it's the never going to get the goal the... because he's going to have a career-ending injury oh, next, and it's going to be awful oh my god you know not ours i i, I, I i'm a guest yeah, you had nothing know, to do with it i'm so sorry to do um do you david do you want us to win against city next weekend <laughs> Hmm. It's, it's such a weird one, isn't it? Because I, you know, I'm gonna actually gonna be in Manchester. I'll gig it up in Manchester this weekend, uh, in Liverpool and Manchester. And uh, my, I've got some Spurs mates in Manchester, and we're gonna watch it together. And and I and I said like I, it was like the, the couple of weeks ago when when they went to. I don't know. It, I, it really, it really, it's really horrible because mm. before kickoff, you go, the free, you know, because we can draw on what happened, you know, two or three weeks ago, where you go before kickoff, you go, ah, oh, I wouldn't mind if we lose here because it, you know, means they gain traction. And then kickoff happens and you go, fucking come on, Spurs, because that's in your DNA and that's what you want to do. And we've been bred to, you want your team to win. You don't want your team to lose. And then you go tune up and you think, we are the stupidest club in the fucking world. And, and then you go three, two down and you're like, for fuck's sake, like I want to win. And it's like, so I, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I've got I, I, one of my Spurs mates said the other day that he's, he's come to peace with, with, with them, not, them not winning the league. And I, I can't, until it's mathematically possible, I can't come to terms with it. So, Same, uh, I'm with you, 100%. So yeah, it's, it's not over till it's over. It's going to be another one of those where I don't know what result I want because uh, I will say... I can you can make a you can make a case for both results, can't you? But when when the whistle goes, you you want Spurs to win because that's just I mean it's your team. Yeah, I feel like the classic thing that happened though, wasn't it? Like I didn't in the end, I didn't hate the result, but I feel like if we were going to lose, I'd have I'd rather have had like a more professional performance than that. So it's like we got we got the loss and the chaos as well. So I wouldn't mind, you know, if if what you know, it's 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 in God's hands, right? So if we're going to lose, I'd rather we put in like a slightly better performance, and yeah, maybe a couple of sun goals. That'd be nice. Yeah, it's one of them things where like Tottenham, only Tottenham can make you hate losing a game that you wanted to lose before kickoff. It's like we went two 0 up, and then it's like, and then you you got all the hope, and then we ended up losing it, and you were like devastated by the end that we lost a game that we wanted to lose. It's just like I'd much rather have just lost that one nil. You know what I mean, and just never talk of it ever again, and then go through what we went through in that game. So, if we are going to lose, I hope it's just like a Harlem penalty, and then that's it. Game over. Never speak of it again. Yeah, I'm going uh, on Sunday, and living in South London, it takes me about four hours to get there. It will be uh, like it'll be shitty weather, I'm sure. Like beginning of uh, Feb. And like David was saying, like the minute you get in the stadium, you can't want your team to lose, can you? Like you're immediately caught up in the atmosphere. Um, so yeah, I'm. I want us to win. <laughs> the, you know, I'll be screwing for what that means for the league. Um, and yeah, hopefully, like those two goals that Song got against Preston, he like they were confident hits. Like he found found space and knew to hit it. Uh, he had co- the confidence to hit, which he's been lacking a l- often this season in so many games. So hopefully he can carry that into the into the city game on Sunday. I'd hope so. 
Yeah, and I, I just want to um, just want to say, Rose, that we've been circling on the Preston game for like ten odd minutes now, and you haven't mentioned the fact that Davison Sanchez was captain. Like, you're seriously slacking here. You're so right. I'm absolutely disgusted with myself. Um, what a performance! What a captain's performance, my friends. Uh, David, uh, you you don't know this about me, but I um, just every season. I just decide that I've got, like, for some reason, I just have to have a player who is obviously never really going to make it, never really be loved at Spurs. And I'll just have to, like, go to bat for them, like, relentlessly. Um, Davinson Sanchez, patron, is is my guy. And there's been, like, rumours, like, this transfer window that he might finally leave, right? And I will be really, really devastated. Um because I actually feel like he's done a decent job at times. And I was so pleased to see him captain. And listen, another clean sheet. And I don't think he had you no know, higher praise. I don't think he had too many Dav moments, my friends. Just a couple. Just a couple. <laughs> None that led to a goal. That's what I meant. Well, exactly. at least, uh, you know, you could you could pick your player to be Emerson Royal. Now, no one's that stupid that no one wants Emerson Royal to be... Uh, no, or know that you know, but with with Davison Sanchez, he's a weird one because when we first signed him, I was like, he's got all the the attributes. He could be, it's going to be great, and you know, and I just, I, I the ship is sailed for me, and I actually, um, I missed the first, I missed the first twenty minutes of this game because I had recruited my girlfriend to uh, night. I was I was gigging up north in a place called Wigton, which I actually thought was Wigan when I took it, and Wigton turns out is another hundred and fifty miles past. It's by Carlisle. And I was like, that's good money for Wigan. And my dyslexic class didn't know I was going to Wigton until I was going to Wigton. And then I was like, well, that's by the Lake District. So I took my girlfriend for a night out. This is before the, the game got moved. And uh, and then she booked her for a massage. And then she texted me going about her. And they moved Spurs to 6 p.m. And it's on in my hotel room, which never happened. But of course, like a fucking simp, I went down and I was sitting in the hot tub, like checking my, my watch every two seconds. And then, so I missed the first 20 minutes. I walked in and uh, about 25 minutes into the game and Davison Sanchez just missed kicked one. And I was like, oh, this guy, this guy. <laughs> so uh, there's no love for me in that man. Tanganga as well was back, which is never good, <laughs> really. Like playing when you've got two, you're playing three centre-backs and two of them are Dav and Tanganga. It doesn't fill you with confidence. But yeah, Tanganga they didn't one. test us, did they? On the Preston game, did anyone solve where Richarlison was? That was just kind of forgot about that. Very cryptic. Yeah, I think I think Michael Bridge said that he got a knock in training. And there's like some ridiculous Everton rumor going around on Twitter that he's not happy and that he was annoyed that we signed Dan Juma, so that he's he's like not playing him as a result of that. But obviously, that's just Everton fans like desperate at the moment. Um, but yeah, I think he got my knock in training or something because he was watching Lucas the night before. The night like, before, he'd been to see but... Lucas, and I was yeah. thinking, yeah. is he like? Are they going to let him do that? Why? Like, why? I think they, they probably. Yeah, they might have just decided just to give him this one off and hope that he can he'll be all right for Man City. But uh, Dan Juma as well, though, scored. That was pretty good. I was not really expecting that, but there you go. Not, not a bad start. Not the best goal ever, but good start. He looked yeah, we'll take it, man. He looked fun and kind of energetic, and another kind of. Merchant of Chaos. I don't know how, how that's going to go because we've had a few of them. Lamella, <laughs> Lucas, uh, even Brian Hill. But uh, He looked unpredictable and kind of erratic. And like, it looks like he's got tricks as well. Him and Kulu in the same team could be fun. 
we just and desperately need something up there, don't we? We, we need it. Like it's been it's a bit stale up there in the in the attacking sense. So yeah, I'm all, I'm all for it. Yeah, I'd like it. Yeah, just like a new agent of chaos is better than one of the old ones. I think. Um, I'm just excited to see someone who can, oh, yeah, also score a goal because we've been sadly lacking. I'm quite sad to see Brian Hill go at last. To be honest, I feel like he. I was. I didn't think there was any point to him. And then over the last couple of months, he's really won me over and now he's off, which just feels really classic Tottenham. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one because he had that really good game against Palace and then like um, you thought that was it, that he's going to be in now. And he hasn't really played since. And the same, um, Saar started against Arsenal, had a couple of good games and again, was not even in the squad. I don't think either of them in the squad, were they? Um, yeah, a bit of a strange one there. Um but I, I don't think there's an option on this, on the loan, which is quite good because I, I don't want it to be like definitively over for Brian. I think he might have something there. So hopefully, one. It is very Spurs though that we got him, and then they got Lamella, you know, uh, plus money or whatever, and now he's already gone back there. And it's like, is that the most Spurs transfer forever? Like, so now they've got they've got Lamella and Hill and twenty five mil, and it's like. Are you a Tottenham going to Tottenham or what? Do they have to Tottenham all the time? Just, that's my head in. They've got to do it. But to be honest with you, I was so ready to see the back of Lamella that I feel like it's a price worth paying. I can know that that sounds mental from someone who like backs Davinson Sanchez, but I was very much done with Eric Lamella by the time he left. He scored like three goals in 10 years and I barely exaggerate. Let's be real. If it took if it took a sort of weird Brian Hill just like coming here, then going back and you know, a little bit of money, I feel like it's fine. Yeah, but I would be sad. Some, um, Paratici dodginess going on all over the place, isn't there? But you know, we've got to take what we can get at the moment. Hope, hopefully, it's amazing for a few months, and then someone in Spain will buy him in the summer for 25 million, and we'll at least make the cash back. If not, and just send whatever the better the it's <laughs> To send us back here in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I find it a bit surprising though. And I guess this is just one of those things where players give like dumb interviews all the time and we obviously read too much into it. But I swear about three weeks ago, he gave an interview being like, oh, I found the Premier League like really kind of tough and physical and fast to begin with. And it was really hard to get up to speed. But now I've been like working out and I feel like I'm set, you know, I'm settling in and I really want to make it work. And I feel like you can see that on the pitch. And then like five minutes later, it's just, oh, no, I didn't mean any of that. And I'm actually going back to Spain. I guess I can't blame him because it is Spain. And and look look outside your window at the moment. Yeah. Why does a Spanish man want to go back to Spain at the moment? (laughs) But I'm just like, why, why would, why would a football player not tell the truth in an interview, Bill? I just, I'm baffled to be honest. Yeah, exactly. He's also <laughs> grown a cute little tash as well. Someone, a friend who doesn't support Spurs, pointed out there was a tweet doing around saying he looks like all four Beatles, but now he's kind of more, he's less Ringo and more kind of George Harrison with a funny little pencil moustache to take back to Spain with him, I guess. <laughs> See, like another reason to enjoy him, like moving to like looking like one of the better Beatles. I'm not I'm not going to get into a whole Beatles argument, actually. I'm just going to put I'm just going to put a stop to myself right now and say one of the other pieces of good news that we got today was that we've got a decent FA Cup draw in the next round. I obviously was convinced we were going to get United or City and it has not turned out that way. We've got probably a United, but Sheffield. 
or possibly Wrexham, like media darlings Wrexham. How are we all feeling about it? David, are you feeling positive? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I am. I um, I was watching the straw on my phone in the restaurant and uh, I thought I was convinced we'd get, I, I was convinced we'd get one of the, the City of United. Um, and then when we didn't, I was over the moon and then I just prayed that they got each other because I make us third favourites after after them too. So we need to to hope that one of them, or at least one of them gets a dodgy result in the next one and goes out. But you would have ta- I would have taken anybody in that draw apart from City United, to be quite honest. And Bramwell Lane's a fun place to go. Uh, you know, there'll be at least 7,000 Spurs tickets midweek, though. I'll probably... That's when I come alive as a comedian. Midweek games are my favourite because then I don't have to take off for gigs, you know what I mean? So... Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that draw. And if it's Wrexham, even better, because obviously, like you said, media darlings, it would be it'd be, it'd be great if it was Wrexham, to be quite honest. But, you know, we'll have to see how it pans out. Yeah, can I just say as well, like, I don't want any more draws to be on during the one show because they, they advertise the draws being on at seven o'clock and then there's like some one show nonsense before it. So I'm like, like we know you're tuned in to watch the FA Cup draw, but here's a dog who can claims he can read or something like that. And I think it was like, Reese Witherspoon saying she wants to invest in Arsenal and like Jermaine Gina's just laughing at her. So please don't have any more one show FA Cup draws is all I have to say on the draw. But do you feel like that's a game we could get a result out of, Bill? Yeah, I don't I don't think like Sheffield United are second in the championship. So I don't think it's like I don't think it's the easiest a draw that we could have possibly got. It's, it's not mm. going to be easy. What you what you would imagine that we could feasibly happen is like we draw it and then we just beat them at home, which is what we've tend to do over the years and we get like these tough FA Cup draws. Um, I really just, I would, I was really, really hoping for, I was watching Rexon yesterday, like properly investing in it because I do love Ryan Reynolds. Um, and I was really hoping that we'd managed to get a draw against Rexon, which we, we kind of have, but it just feels like we're not really going to get to play them, are we? They're Sheffield tonight are probably going to beat them at home. Um, and then we'll have Sheffield United away, which isn't really an exciting draw because it's like one of those games that's not easy and it's not really a glamour tie or anything good about it. But um, I think it'll be a good away day, though. I know that we've had some good, great times there. Um, Ericsson in the snow. So, yeah, just hopefully it's one of those ones. But it's, it's, it's not like the easiest cup draw ever, I don't think. But um, And all the big teams managed to avoid themselves as well. So the next round, I think, will be the one where it'll, it'll get serious. Somebody who's got West Ham... Man United, actually. I think West Ham are winning against Derby at the moment. Um, Man United, yeah, Man United. So that's not the easiest for them, actually, for United. But they'll probably I do think, it. Like, City, City got Bristol, I think, and like Leicester and Brighton both got quite easy draws as well. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, talking about Wrexham, I've got mixed feelings because I, I do uh, really like the Wrexham documentary on Disney Plus and the... Paul Mullen got a goal the other day, who's kind of the, the star striker for Wrexham. I think he's already got 28 goals this season, 27 goals or something for Wrexham. And he comes across as very nice in that documentary. But my main issue, if we did end up playing Wrexham, is that my wife, from watching the Disney Plus show, my wife is now essentially a Wrexham fan. Uh, having spent like well over a decade trying to get her interested in Spurs, she watched a bit of that show and now... Uh, yeah, basically fully supports Wrexham. I think Ryan Reynolds probably has something something to do with it. And actually that show, um, David reminded me, uh, that there's some really nice stuff in that show about uh, men's mental health as well and uh, how football uh, can be intertwined with, you know, men's friendships and relationships and 
and mental health. There's some uh, surprisingly deep stuff in that Disney Plus show about Wrexham. It's really good. I think one of my favourite things was after the game as well, like all these Americans tweeting Ryan Reynolds being like, "Why? What's? I don't understand what's happened here. What is this tie? Like, why has it not gone to sudden death?" They were saying, it's like, "Man, you're not. You're too casual to watch this. Go watch something else." I thought you were going to say they were tweeting him asking who Jermaine Genus was, having watched the yeah. draw. <laughs> nobody, nobody needs to know that. Oh, I feel, I feel bad that I hate Jermaine Genus now, but I really do. I can't like, believe nobody all needs Jermaine Genus. Sorry, nobody needs Jermaine Genus um, interviewing Reese Witherspoon, do they? Like, was that genuinely a thing that happened? Yeah, about Arsenal as well. He does all the general celeb chats, doesn't he, on the one (laughs) show? Like, I'll take him as a football pundit, but him interviewing film stars doesn't really work for me. But also, you don't really want to take him as a football pundit either because he's really depressing now. Yeah, I was going to say I can't believe. all at Tottenham Hotspur, all or nothing, didn't win Kirsty over. Yeah, I know. I know. No, sadly not. I don't think that would have won anyone over, to be honest. We just had like Steve Hitchin just moaning about January in it. <laughs> no, it, wasn't, it wasn't like a heartwoman Wrexham story, was it? Yeah. Um, it, it wasn't It wasn't us at, at our finest. That is for sure. Um, Transfer windows. One of the things that did happen in the Preston game was so far, well, actually now we've got two signings, but at that time um, we only had one and a guy we stole from poor old Everton, Dan Juma, and he actually scored. And how are we now feeling about the rest of our transfer window? Like we said earlier, this pod would have been very different had we recorded it a couple of hours ago. But now it seems like we finally got our man, Pedro Porro, at last. Has it really happened? Is it actually official yet? Yeah, I think like, um, so I was walking to work this morning, I remember it, and um, it was like, I think like Charlie or someone said, like first got, I think it was like Ali Gold or something, said it's not as done as like anyone, as some people believe that it is and stuff. And then I was literally halfway on my walk to work and then I saw that David Onstein tweet and I was like, this is happening again. It's happened so many times. Dabala, Fernandez, um, Grealish, all these players, and like just went through like the whole roller coaster of emotions, like depressed, like the whole fan base is screaming on Twitter. It's just gone absolute chaos. And then like 12 hours later, or whatever, we finally got there. Um, it's just like the roller coaster of emotions that we've gone through today about something that doesn't, you know, isn't like overall that important to my life, but has made me just feel like the whole range of emotions. Um, I basically just need to get out more, I think, is the moral of the story, because I should not be letting transfers affect me like this. I I, <laughs> I, I saw it this morning and I had a, I had a, like a 30 second meltdown. And then, you know, I try and practice that I can't let Spurs do this to me. And and then, you know, I, I'm glad, you know, but in a deep, deep down, I thought we'll get this over the line. I just I just felt like. The meltdown will be too great. And I think that the club are more aware of what's going on than they sometimes make out. And I felt if this doesn't happen, that people will literally explode of just pure gamini anger. And and I I I I felt like it will get done. I thought it was just sporting, just trying to like trying to get a couple more meal for admin fees or whatever. But the main thing I was annoyed about, because I thought if it got done 
today is all the reports, it seemed like he was playing the cup final and then he can, and he can sign a contract or whatever if he came through unscathed. And then I feel well, it happened tomorrow now, but that might stop us doing a bit of last minute wheeling, dealing if anything comes in. But that may be just me being hopeful, you know. How many tweets do you think you've read about this Poro transfer? Because I think it must stretch into like tens of thousands at this point. Like if this hadn't come off, I think it would even be a, like a bigger transfer saga or longer transfer saga than Dybala or Grealish. It's just been going on for so long. So to not get it over the line, I think that like we'd all have wasted so much energy thinking about this guy. And there is, a, I did say this earlier, there is a slight worry we've wasted all this energy, £45 million, and he's not quite as good as we think he is. <laughs> we've been fairly cursed at right back, uh, as we've discussed previously on the podcast, given, you know, Aurea, Doherty, Emerson, uh, yeah, ever since Walker went, really. So I fucking hope that he's good because we've we've wasted so much energy if he isn't. Imagine he fouls the, the medical now. That's what I thought, yeah. Because <laughs> I thought he'd already done it as well, you know. And then someone was like, oh, no, he's got his medical tomorrow. I'm like, oh, okay. What, what could possibly go wrong there? It's all been completely fucking mental, hasn't it? Like, isn't, wasn't the deal being worked out by like an agency like on like representing all parties that have yeah so you've got like this so you've got like so he is represented by um, a company called base i think and then we've sent our own base representatives there to meet these people that work for the same company them they've been in the meeting like every day they've been in a meeting like every day for the last like week solidly these guys are just rinsing our expenses in lisbon aren't they that's what they've been doing They've just been charging Daniel Levy's expenses to go and like have nights out in Lisbon for the last week. Blowing they work for the same on, company. On no, they don't want the deal. Yeah, they don't want the deal to get done, man. They've just been literally rinsing all the, the nightlife in Lisbon, thinking, oh, should we negotiate again tomorrow, lads? Yeah, all right, let's do it again tomorrow. Um, and then I love the fact that this storyline say that Daniel Levy has been like, right, I'm doing this myself. And he's like, presumably like zoomed in to, to Lisbon to get it done. And gone out as the hero as he you know i like the conspiracy theories that it's all been like set up to the fact that he could like step in and, and take the glory for himself um who knows what happened there really but um yeah this whole agency thing is mental and i feel like i've just got like to know like all these like portuguese journalists really well over the last year over the last week or so there's this guy called bruno something i've been reading his tweets like every single day like daily you know this guy's you know journalistic practices like better than anyone i do in england now so yeah it's been it's such a weird experience transfers as a football fan I just miss the days when you could like go on to teletext and just see that Tottenham are linked with some or Tottenham just you don't even see that they're linked with someone you just go on to teletext and see they've signed like sign Sergio Redbob or something like that and talk to your dad about who that even is Billy do you now know the full tier system uh for Portuguese media then could you like you give everyone their, their kind of gold number one tier thing yeah I just want to um shout out my guys at the records and They've been, you know, solid all the way through, trustworthy, uh, much better than those guys at Ebola. So, yeah, or uh, Ebola, say, so not Ebola, that's probably a bit rude. <laughs> that's, that's a Portuguese slang term, probably. But um, nah, shout out the record. They seem to be the ones that have been doing, uh, doing the reporting. Yeah, the one thing that I'm really, I, I can't believe how, like, sold I am on that tier system now for everybody. Like, I genuinely, I've laughed at it for so long, but it's now, like, the first thing I see when I look at a tweet. I'm like, oh, gold medal, nice. I mean, it's definitely happening. 
Um, I want quick answers from all of you. Do we think he's going to be a massive hit and be our superstar right wing back like now? Tom, yes or no? Oh, the jury's out because we're so terrible at buying <laughs> right backs. So I'm not, I'm not predicting amazing success, but let's hope so. Okay, David. I was I was in Lisbon when they beat us two, two 0 I went out there to see that game, and he was fantastic. So I know that's one performance that I've seen, but I'm putting all my eggs in that basket and saying that he's going to be a hit. And we've never been hurt before by someone putting in an amazing performance against us, and then it's, it's always it's always worked out for sure, right? Billy, yes or no? Right, yeah. So yes, but I've seen the future, right? So what's going to happen is, so now we've got um, Poro and Udoji, mm. so two of the best wingbacks um, in Europe. Um, oh, I, n- I know where you're going with this. We're going we're gonna <laughs> to get a back-to-a manager in summer, aren't we? 100%. You just know, and they're both going to be terrible in the system. So yeah, we finally sorted out our wingbacks, and then we're going to hire a back for manager in summer and Conte does. Um, but yeah, for the, for the months we have remaining of Conte, however long that may be, I think it'll be brilliant. Okay, I'm going with you actually because I just I just need this and I feel like it's like one of these guys has got to work out, right? Surely. It's been like a steady succession down, as Tom just said, like from Walker downwards, it's been like gradually worse and worse with every single signing. And then Spence came, which was an exciting sign at the time. He's just literally not played at all. So yeah, it's been it's been a horrific run of recruitment in that side of the of the pitch. So even by accident, we surely must have got a good one, you'd think. Um, Trippier at now, the time, right? yeah, because Trippier at the time felt like a downgrade. And, and now imagine having Trippier, he'd be like our best, best, our best right back that we've had for years. But yeah, I think Spence has gone to France. Um, I never know how to pronounce it. Is it Ron? However you, the, the French pronunciation Ren? is. Ren? Yeah, Ron, I don't know. But, but um, with Joe Roden, so there you go, together at last in France. How do you feel about that Spence thing? Because I was quite excited at the prospect of him going on loan to Premier League club. Same with Roden, they shipped him out to Rennes and it's like, uh, I, I don't know what's going on with Roden and he probably we wouldn't, we'd never see him back. But with, with Spence, I still, I don't know if I'm just being a bit of a fanboy, one of my best mates is a Forest fan and, you know, hyped him up so much that I was genuinely excited to see him play and then he hasn't got in, but you think, you know, he's young and and if he went to a Premier League club and he, we could see him, you know, on matches day, week in, week out. We could see for ourselves and maybe, the, but going to France is, it just feels like, yeah, he'll get game time, but but how much quality game time and how much will that put him credit in the bank, you know? It's a shame yeah, I think it's a bit weird. Because he was being linked yeah. with Palace, right? Yeah, that, I think that, yeah, I find the whole thing a bit weird, actually, because I, I, if you look at our loan players, you've got like, Winks is playing like for the bottom team in Serie A. You had like Saar, who played for some um, Italian team as well. And then you've got Gil, who's like constantly going back and forth from Spain. Um, I just, I don't really see the benefit of these like um, international loans when there is no league like the Premier League. And the, the difference in the quality and standard and the physicality of all these leagues is so huge that I just, I don't really know. One of the things I think, I guess, is good about it though, is that apparently the Rons or Rens right back is um, injured. Um, so I think he's going to play quite a lot, which apparently was his biggest factor in deciding to choose them. It's apparently turned on Atletico Madrid, which is pretty like crazy. It's presumed he might have been like, I guess he'd probably be in a similar position what he's in now here, but he might have played the Champions League and stuff, so or the Europa League, whatever they're in. Um, yeah, but I would have much preferred a Premier League. I think Palace would have been a great, or Brentford would have been a great move for him, but I think 
think Ali Gold said a lot of the Premier League clubs wanted like a buy option, which we're not neither of the club or guy was prepared to give. So, yeah, strange. That must be it, right? I, I guess with this, with the sort of buy options, I'm always torn with these things because I don't, I don't want to be confronted um, on a regular basis by a player that we have loaned out. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't want that coming back to buy us. So, but at the same time, yeah, you would prefer them to get the experience. I guess if somebody like Spence, it's not like he needs to kind of acclimatize so maybe it'll be interesting to kind of try something else and play with I don't know just play a different style I guess who knows it's a shame I'm not um I'm not a kind of Spence conspiracy theorist I feel like obviously Conte just thinks he's not ready but it's a bit of a bummer that we're not gonna see him at all but anyway it doesn't matter because Poro is going to be great there's going to be no fucking problems whatsoever with his medical and oh does do we reckon he's going to start against City I guess right his old club as well. First game against his old club. Is it? Uh, you just know it's going to be Emerson Royal. No, it no is way. 100%. Not, yeah. not, I don't even know what I put that out there. Like, it's, just, it probably, it's probably like you can you just know like this whole thing is going to gear in towards Emerson Royal starting like the next five games in a row and everyone being like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> Do, does anyone have any hopes for one more signing like David you were saying you feel like you just want do you feel like you just want one more to make it kind of ideal I would have loved the centre-back I would have loved the centre-back in this same window. yeah uh, you know even if it was just somebody that's not Tanganga or you know some just some options and I called Tanganga so early on when the hype was big about him I was like this guy is another Carter Vickers. And I got slated on Twitter. And now look at, who's laughing now? This Carter Vickers. None of us. We're really sad. No. It didn't and, work out. And, <laughs> you know, but, you know, Tanganga's only got himself to blame because he's the one that said he was celibate. Just have a wank and maybe you'd be able to positionally read the ball better, mate. You know, I honestly, I believe it. I reckon just, just knock one out and you'll notice that the flight of the ball isn't where you think it is because he's so bad at that. So a, a centre-back to come in would have been great. But like I said earlier, I think that the delay in the Poro move as if there's any heart, any hope of a last-minute deadline deal loan or something like that, I think that's gone now because tomorrow will be getting Poro completely over the line. But, you know, I'm happy that we've got a right wing-back because, you know, like I said, we're destined to come in in, in the summer. Um, it looks like we hopefully will be sorted now at right and left wing-back. Um and yeah, going forward with the rest of the season, poor to come in would be be fantastic. But yeah, I, I still think a centre back because I'm just I'm never happy with our, you know, Romero is the only centre back that I really I'm happy to see you start and want to start. Other than that, I can I'll give or take whoever starts. I you know. I think we've all realised that Longley isn't quite as great as we thought briefly. I mean, he's, he's uh, good. have we? So, sorry, Rosa. <laughs> he's a very attractive man. But, um, Very attractive Frenchman. Frenchman, sorry, <laughs> even better. Um, but yeah, last couple of times he's played uh, on the ball, he plays some lovely passes, but defensively he offers next to nothing, right? Uh, and then Dyer's got all those mistakes in him. So yeah, centre-back would be amazing, wouldn't it? Um, when there's no chance of another forward, so... We don't seem to be ever linked with any centre-backs as well, like actual centre-backs through the sort of give Dyer any competition. We always seem to be linked with the left centre-back when we've got two already. 
Um, I would like to sign another defender there anyway, because I don't think either of them are like the future starters that we want next season. But we don't seem to be linked with any centre-backs at all, like, which is a bit of a concern. So I think if Dyer, you know, if he's not going to return to the form which he had last season, which is still possible, but he, he doesn't have any competition at all. Like, he's the only one that really plays there. I know he plays Longley a bit there, but um, Longley is definitely more of a left centre-back. So yeah, just uh, we, we just don't seem to be linked with anyone in that position. But I totally agree with David. Though. I'd like to have seen a centre back in this window somewhere, um, because I just I just our options there. We've got a lot of bodies that, are, that play there, but none of them are really that good. I thought that guy that we were linked with from Leverkusen was. A I think he's another left centre back. I think okay. I think he's another left, which would then mean we would have um, three left centre backs, um, which is a bit weird. <laughs> So it's just like it's like we we stockpile right wing backs and we stockpiled left centre backs and like at some point we'll be able we're just waiting for the technology and at some point we'll be able to like cobble together a perfect player from all of those pieces. That's obviously that's that's just the only way, isn't it? Um, it all seems to have gone a bit. I feel like a couple of weeks ago we were all in serious, serious meltdown mode because we didn't know what Conte was going to do, and then it turned out that um, our director of football was going to be banned from doing any of the, the actual work he's meant to be doing because um, Italian football is totally corrupt. What is going on with that? Is he now, is he banned from Europe? And are we bothered? Does it matter? Is he, is the club even going to sack him? I feel like it's all gone weirdly quiet over there. I'm just going to come out and say, like, I don't really care. I feel like football is like other clubs are so massively corrupt. It doesn't really bother me if we have like a slightly dodgy Italian guy in charge of anything. But it is a bit of a problem if he can't do any work, I suppose. I think, it's a tricky thing. Um... Yeah, I think from what I gather, it's like he's got like a, he can appeal it basically. So that process takes like six weeks from now. And then can he work period, while he's appealing? He can work, he can work in England. Yeah. At the moment. Okay. But the, what, what they're trying to do is make the, the ban apply to England as well. And mm-hmm. if, if he fail, if he fails the appeal, which I assume that he will, because let's be honest, <laughs> there's some logic stuff that's been going down there um, without a doubt. Um, I mean, this is a guy that sold Walt Benson for 16 million pounds. Like, He's probably still operating on a very dodgy level. Then I think we, we would just have like no choice but to sack him because I don't think. Be, so I think we just like basically just getting us to the end of the window and then probably bounce him, um, which I think is a real shame because some of the players that he bought are brilliant and like it seems like we finally got recruitment to a level where it's been much needed. So we're buying some of the real quality players in Europe like Benson, Bogusevski, um, you know, Poro, Udoji, all these players. And then he's not going to be able to make a transfer ever again, which is very, very Tottenham. Yeah, it couldn't be more Tottenham, to be honest. The, that was the only thing about the about the Dan Juma sort of hijacking of that. It's like I don't, I don't at all believe in karma in football, except for us. And I was like, why, why are we tempting fate? I'm quite like I'm obviously quite pleased that he's arrived because he, he looks quite lively, but I just felt why are we tempting fate? Um, by like screwing over another club and like we've got enough clubs that hate us and we really like and Everton I feel bad for them our um, brothers from the north Everton they are the, the thing is they north. are right so um I feel like that wasn't necessary but 
And it wouldn't matter. But to be honest, it's not even really like morals with me. I don't really feel like it would matter if I, I wouldn't personally care if I wasn't convinced it was going to kind of come back and bite us in some way. Maybe that was what our little meltdown, maybe that little meltdown today was our, our karma for that. And yeah. Now it's all- that's, just, that's actually, it, it was only like 12 hours, right? 12 hours pure hell. <laughs> So we're probably not going to get another player, right? Everybody feels that? Yeah, I'm getting nods. I'm getting nods. Um, we're not getting another player. We're saying goodbye for now to Spence. Goodbye to Brian. Is Lucas going somewhere? Or are we stuck with him? No, he's just sitting he's in out, he's he's out out for the under-21s. He's out Anybody, in the summer, isn't he? Will so? anyone, anyone please take him, please? Like, we'll, I mean, he played for the under-21s on Friday. Maybe an under-21s I want to take him, whatever, just... No, anyone will take anything. We'll pay you, in fact. That's what it takes. See, this, but this is how you end up with like the Lamella Brian Hill situation. See, but it all makes sense, right? So that's fine. I feel quite good about the transfer window now. Again, I would also have liked a central defender, but I think, I think we're going to be okay. I feel quite positive, actually. Weirdly, about the future. Um, I think we will probably lose on Sunday, but I don't think it's going to be as chaotic as it was at theirs. I think it'll be all right. Can I get, I don't, I'm not going to ask you guys for predictions because we don't do that on my watch, but do you feel like specific predictions anyway, but do we think we will win, lose or draw on Sunday? Tom? Draw, gone. One from Haaland uh, and one from Kane. To, to both penalties <laughs> potentially yeah they both love a pen yeah David yeah I think a, I think a score draw as well which um, which is the result that really ultimately doesn't help anyone you can con- yeah it's actually you, the worst you can, console, yeah. you can console yourself with a loss and then you can you know be happy with a win but a draw kind of does nothing so that's why I'm going for it because it'd be spursy of us to snatch a last minute equaliser yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Billy? I was literally thinking the exact same thing. Like The only result we don't want, we'll get. So, um, Because both people have said it, I'm going to say we're going to win three now. Okay. <laughs> uh, do, you want, do you want to give me scorers? Mm, oh, is Kane going to break the record? But we all think yeah. he's going to break the record, right? And Dan Dreamer is going to score again as well. Okay. I like this. I, I reckon... Sorry, I just was going to say, Pep is having a bit of a mad meltdown at the moment, isn't he? He's all Cantola, man. What is he doing now? And, and seems to have fallen out with quite a few players. Walker can't get a game. Uh, Foden never starts. Uh, even someone was saying Bernardo Silva is kind of fallen out with. So I like being in Pep's head. Even when they beat us the other week, he went fucking mental in post-match yes. and went on this... Yeah, and like, so I love how much we're in his head. So that hopefully more of that on Sunday. I really don't want Kane to break the record in a meaningless loss to Man City. Like, I hope it's, if he does do it, I hope it's like a winner at least. So maybe just don't score in this one and score against whoever we've got next. Yeah, who do we have next, actually? Um, It doesn't matter. We'll be talking about it next week. Um. I feel good about it. I feel I feel like after after the sort of turmoil of January, I think things are really going to look up. And I also feel like Conte is going to stick around to the end of the season and just hopefully everyone can just kind of get their heads down and get on with it. 
and just an see us through. Leave with an FA Cup. Exactly. Why not? Let's just channel Argentina in the World Cup and just fucking go for it, basically. It could totally happen. Um, so I'm feeling good about that. I'm also feeling good about Spurs women. They also kept clean sheet and scored five goals in the FA Cup. And that was really exciting. So we've signed Beth England, as you all know. She scored on her debut and then didn't score in our um, League Cup quarterfinal loss to Chelsea. But then she scored again at the weekend. And we've also signed on loan um, a player from Arsenal and Mana Iwabuchi. And she looks really great. She's just what we need, kind of dynamic midfielder. She scored as well. So, and it was just like a really, really, really good performance. We played London City Lionesses and they are in the Women's Championship, but they're actually top. So it's not like nothing. It's like tough opposition, but we looked a lot stronger and a lot faster than them. And it feels like it's been ages since we've looked like that against our opponents. So that was exciting. And I really feel like we've made two really good signings. And just the difference that having someone who can score goals has made is massive. Like Beth England has played three games and she scored two goals. That's ridiculous already. That's We haven't had a player like that for ages. Ash Neville is back. I think those signings are obviously going to fit in. And I think this, some of the signings that we made over the summer are finally starting to gel with the rest of the team. Um, We've got a really, really, really horrible run of fixtures coming up. We've got to play Chelsea at home in the league. And then we've got United at home in the league, although that's at the stadium, so that should be really fun. And then after that, we've got a City away. So I don't particularly expect to get that any results out of those games. Maybe a draw or two here or there. But it doesn't really matter because I think we look a lot better. And this is just a kind of classic Tottenham transitional season, I think, for the women. Um, and it, I think the sort of a bit of the gloom has lifted. I think things can be turned around. So even if we're not going to get a result out of the next few games, we'll go, we'll go, we're going into the next round of the FA Cup, and that's really fun. So I think everything looks a lot better. The one thing I would like us to do now is. I really do now feel like the women just need to be playing at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium again because we had another game called off like a a week or so ago because of a frozen pitch and loads of other players in other teams have complained about it as well. Like the Arsenal had a game called off, Chelsea had a game called off and like we've got some of the top women's players in in the world in this league and they can't be having games called off because of a frozen pitch. So even though I'm feeling positive, I had to have my rant about that as well. Is anyone going to come to the Tottenham-Manchester United game? Tom, you've got your hand up. What are you going to say? No, I was just going to say that I was going to ask if there's some weird microclimate in Leighton because they keep having these frozen pitches yeah. and games called off. But we kind of answered that when me and you went to the West Ham game at Leighton Orient's ground and I've never been fucking colder. So, yeah. And uh, we, it is a microclimate, yeah. There's something it's, strange going it's on freezing. it's so cold and bleak. I mean, it's really, you know, that part of town is really close to West Ham, so that's it, isn't it? We've answered our own question. That's our sort of positive slash 
Rosa's little um, women's game rant over for the week. Now let's move on to culture. Before we start, um, a big part of the reason for having David on this pod is because um, he's got a show coming up on Valentine's Day, which is, of course, our um, game in Milan. Um, David, do you want to tell us about it? Basically, for those fans who are travelling out to watch us play in Milan, uh, I'm bringing a daytime comedy event for people to come to and, you know, mingle and and hang out and uh, get to know each other. I've done this before. I've done it for uh, Spurs when we played uh, Ajax in 2019. So basically, we've, we've got a venue um, and the, the venue is uh, called Sloan 14. And basically, we do a daytime show. Doors open at 12.30. And it's for a place for fans that don't really want to do the normal thing. Um, you know, maybe fans that are coming out on their own and they want to meet other like-minded fans. And basically, we put an hour of comedy on. That's it. We, we entertain you. We give you a, somewhere to meet up, to have a beer, to, to meet other fans. To You know what? I love doing it. Before. I've done it before uh, for, for Spurs. And people turn up on their own and I'll tick them off on the door. And they would come and they would say, and they would leave with people. And that's because they've sat on a table and they've got to know people in that city that they didn't know anybody and they've left. So basically it doesn't interrupt the the, 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 sh- the, the game. You've still got plenty of time before kickoff. I'm going to be out there obviously doing the show. It's going to be me and another uh, Tottenham supporting comedian called Tom Glover. Uh, we're going to be out there and entertaining you. And um, it is a ticketed event because uh, we've got to pay the comedians and stuff like that. But it is a really good opportunity for you to do something different on a European away day and it's a business I'm trying to get off the ground uh, and just trying to make sure you know what I'm trying to break down the, the stereotype for, for English football fans abroad because we go to venues and say we want to put on a show for English football fans a lot of venues say oh no you know not English football fans in our venue and then you know the two events that we've done previously people have gone you can come back whenever you want because people you know they have this stigma and this stereotype of what they think is going to turn up and what actually turns up are people just looking for something to do, looking for people to meet, looking for um, to be entertained. And yeah, I'd, lo- I'd love to see some people out there and come say hi. And uh, if it's all right, I'll leave the link to it with you and you can put it in the bio of the, of the show. And uh, thank you. Yeah. So yeah. Any, qu- any questions about under lights? Fire away. Uh, and this, uh, I'm just thinking if you did it at um, Amsterdam, obviously that was a historic game. If we win against Milan, and you've got to do it every single European away game that we ever do because, like, obviously, it's a good luck charm. So, yeah, that's can't be can't be a bad thing if we did follow follow in Amsterdam with this. Well, that's it. When I did it in Amsterdam, I just thought it was going to be a one off. Do you mean I know the the owner of the comedy club in Amsterdam? I was like, let's put on a show. We sold out. Me and Carl Donnelly, another Spurs comedian, we we did half an hour each, and um, we just had a great time. We went out and and, and mingled with the the Spurs fans, watched the game. And obviously that was one of the best nights of all our lives. So uh, I can't promise that the, the Milan result will be anything as close, um, but I can promise you some laughs and something to do in the day. So please uh, come and check out Under the Lights. You can follow it at, on um, Twitter at UTL Comedy or on Instagram at Under the Lights Comedy. And I'm David Affy Warden. You can find links to stuff there on my on my social media too. Yeah, sounds completely brilliant. I would so much love to be out in Milan listening to that and just generally hanging out it's gonna die that's a properly good omen as well I feel really good about Milan I think I think we're gonna have a great time out there they lost um they lost five to at home at the weekend as well against a really rubbish Serie A team so 
And yes, that's well, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think they're in absolute turmoil. So we're going we're gonna to beat them. Yeah. Why not? It's our turn. It's our turn, man. David, have you got any other culture picks for us this week? Okay, so my culture pick you know, is going to sound weird and it's going to sound like I'm somewhat we welcome it. almost almost blowing my own trumpet, but it's, uh, it's, it's an erotic novel from the 80s. Um, called, <laughs> called Rivals and I've been reading this book because Disney Plus are turning it into a drama and I was headhunted to be one of the characters and I've been shortlisted I've, you know, they headhunted a few of the act, few actors and I was uh, I've been shortlisted and I got told two weeks ago that I've been shortlisted to play one of the characters so I've been frantically reading the book to in case I get the role um, to know more about the character so that's all I've been doing really I've been, ha- I've been trying to sp- get through a, a book that's, you know, about 20 hours of reading in, you know, as quick as I, as I can. Do you um, mean the Jilly Cooper classic rivals? Jilly Cooper classic rivals, <laughs> which is, you know, it's, it's an erotic novel from the 80s. And, you know, all she does is really refer to women's vaginas as a bush. And that's erotic, but that's the 80s for you, baby. She um, had her but, own style, man. She had um, her own style. So yeah, I was head to play a character called Freddie Jones, and I read, I, I did an audition for it, and I've been shortlisted. And so yeah, uh, please, <laughs> you don't have to, but you know, that's all I've been doing. And also, uh, if you want something to watch, uh, Sundays at six, uh, about six thirty, uh, one of my best friends in show business, Darren Harrier, is participating in Dancing on Ice, and um, give that a watch. And if you would give Darren a vote. I'm always happy to watch a celebrity dancing show. So I will definitely, definitely be doing that. Um, that's actually amazing. I can't believe we've had a, a Julie Cooper um, recommendation on this pod. I've actually never read anything of hers, which feels like a massive oversight in my life. So, well, to be honest, I'm just going to, I'm just going to watch it when it comes out now. So are you going to be playing one of, because it's, she does a sort of, it's either like super posh people or they're like a bit of rough, right? So, so my character, if I, if I get it, touch wood, pray, whatever, you, whatever you believe in, please put, you know, the universe, put some good signs out to the universe for me, because if I get it, it's Disney, right? So it will change my life. And uh, I'd be playing a character called Freddie Jones, who is, um, <laughs> he's described in the book when I read it, I was like, oh, I've been typecast here, because it's a, a curly haired, fat, pretty eyed cockney who, you know, <laughs> uh, is, is basically me. It's like, despite he's full of figure, he's still quite handsome and charming. And he has these gorgeous blue eyes. And, you know, I'm like, oh, they've just seen me on Spotlight. And they're like, this is fucking that fat cunt. And um, so, <laughs> so, yeah. So basically, if they don't, if they don't choose you, that's like, serious rejection i don't well I try, i'll try not to think of it like that there must be a, a prettier blue-eyed person out there but um yeah so so it would come out in disney plus in an eight episode series um in, i don't know when but they start filming in, in march and i'm just i'm just you know hopefully i get the part but it's nice that you can get such a big company like disney give you an audition in the first place but yeah, yeah that's what that, that's what i'm reading and um yeah, and please watch Dancing on Ice on Sunday. And if you are already watching Dancing on Ice, give my boy Darren a vote because he's uh, he's putting his heart and soul into it, even though he's not one of the best. How's he doing? Is he enjoying it? Um, he's really enjoying it. He 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 set back 
because he's got size 14 feet, they couldn't they couldn't get him ice skates that fit his feet. So they had to have custom made ones and they were eight weeks delayed. So he's actually eight weeks behind all the other contestants. Um, so he's really enjoying it, but like trying to catch up. But I'm I'm just hoping that he's he's there until the 12th. Um, because if he's there until the 12th, I get the I get his guest pass. Um so he got through this week and it's just next Sunday. So just vote for him next Sunday. All right. Man. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Like got, you've sold it to me. Yeah, I'm totally I'll, gonna do it. Yeah. After I've gone to see him, he can go around and go shit. Yeah. <laughs> Who else is on it? Uh, Joey Essex, someone from EastEnders, someone's I don't know. I don't know. I only really watched Darren. I need, yeah, I need something after um, after Strictly's finished. So, yeah, I think I might, I might give that a go, actually. Brilliant. Amazing recommendations. Thank you so much, David. Billy, what have you got for me this week? Um, I am absolutely loving The Last of Us, man. I think it is mm-hmm. absolutely brilliant. Um, I've never played the game. Um, <clears throat> I know, uh, you know, a lot of people that I do and say it's like one of the best thing, best bits of media ever. Um, I'm two episodes in. I know the, the other one dropped today, which apparently is amazing. I haven't seen it yet. Um, I just think it's brilliant. Like, I just love Pedro Pascal. Um, it's like, it reminds me of The Walking Dead when The Walking Dead was like one of the best shows on TV because it very quickly disintegrated into a terrible show. Um, yeah, I'm absolutely hooked into it. Love it. Um, it's quite stressful, quite, quite horrific. Um, I think the zombies in this show are like the, the first time in a while that I've been like genuinely like frightful of zombies. I feel like the zombie genre has kind of like dipped a bit, but these are like horrifying. And the stuff that they do is like horrific. So yeah, I'm I'm absolutely locked in. Um, and shout out to I know we've spoken about it a lot on this podcast, but um, enjoy listening to the Midnight Boys talk about it on the Prestige TV podcast um, because they go into like details about how the game is different from the book and all, um, the the show and all that stuff, which I, which I have no clue about. So it's, it's good in that way. So yeah, The Last of Us followed by the Midnight Boys podcast about The Last of Us. Is my recommendation yeah i'm absolutely loving the last of us as well um I've, i'm only one episode in and i haven't listened to any pods on it yet but i'm gonna definitely be catching up with those this week i also like you love our yeah our, the other pedro in our lives i guess we could say um and i think anna torv is amazing i'm very, very much here for their sort of like hot capable parents vibe I about, you know, watch, just, um... I didn't watch Game of Thrones, but the kid is from Game of Thrones, right? Is she in a bit? Is she a big character? In Game yeah, of yeah. So both. So obviously, Pedro Pascal was in Game of Thrones as well, and then and Bella Ramsey was in Game of Thrones. So it's got um, yeah, amazing people in it. I believe um, my beloved Melanie Linsky is also going to show up at a later date. I'm extremely excited about that. Um, I, yeah, it's it's and, really uh, really Nick, good. Nick and our, and our guy Nick from yeah. Yeah. Yeah, incredible cast. It's really, really, really cleverly done, isn't it? Like, I love that whole kind of the first scene where they sort of set it all up. I don't... The second, the second episode does that again. And the, the oh, really? first scene in the second episode is amazing. I think those are the things that have been added from what I gather. Like, the the Craig Mason stuff, it's like the, the intro scenes, he's, like, added new to, like, like ground the world or whatever. He's that's, that's brilliant. The he's the guy He's the guy who did Chernobyl. Um, Chernobyl. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, he's and a fantastic that, writer. Yeah, the thing that's really annoying me because I didn't realize it was going to be quite this massive, but I'm good. But like, again, it's going to have to be one of those shows that I like mute on social media because already I can feel like the spoilers are coming out. Um, and I don't need to see any of that. But yeah, I'm super into it. Obviously, um, watching Happy Valley as well. Have you caught up with last night's episode? 
Yeah, yeah, man. Very, very stressful. I can't believe we've only got one to go. Ever as well, ever. Ever, ever, ever. But it might, it might also be enough because I don't, I don't know if I can take any more of the stress. It's actually very frightening, isn't it? But again, like amazingly done. Sarah Lancashire is a complete goddess. Sally Wainwright is a genius. I'm just going to be saying the same things over and over for the rest of time. I will save most of my words, I think, for next week after the finale. Um, Tom, over to you. Uh, quick fire things. I went to see the Saison, Cezanne, Saison, uh, exhibition at the Tate. Amazing trees and lights and apples, obviously. Uh, but no, that was genuinely very beautiful. Made me want to move to the south of France, obviously, uh, rather than being this gloomy British weather. Uh, there's a new over mono track. I know Billy loves, uh, loves his over mono, uh, as do Ash and Charlie as well, actually. New over mono track called Is You. From there, they've got an actual album coming in the next month or two. Oh, and the Everything But The Girl track, Nothing Left To Lose, is also a house banger, if you haven't heard that one. Uh, oh, and then I watched a really beautiful film on Disney Plus called Fire Of Love, documentary about two famous volcanologists who are a couple uh, through the kind of 70s and 80s studied volcanoes. And, uh, yeah, really beautiful documentary. It's one of the best documentary Oscar nominees. And, you know, I've been looking at the Oscar uh, nominations and trying to figure out which of the films are, like, 90 minutes, which is my kind of length for a film. So Billy can tip me off about some others, I'm sure. Uh, I still need to watch most there's of not, there's not There's not many, man. They're, all, they're pretty much exclusively three hours this year, which is horrific news. Like exclusively over long, right? Half hour too long. Elvis, Tar, um, Avatar, they're all three hour films. It's like, Jesus, man, come on, stop this. It's, it's putting me off watching any films. Anyway, uh, yeah, Fire of Love is on Disney Plus and is very good. And that over mono single, Is You, is out now. Amazing. Thanks, guys. Yeah, there was that whole list of um, all of the Oscar nominated films, right? And where to watch them on like various streaming services. And you were like, but can somebody just put down what ones are less than a- asterisks, the ones that are like 90 minutes it. long? That's what we need. Come on, public parents. service. Yeah. Somebody, somebody out there. Um, amazing. Thank you so much, guys. It has been an absolute pleasure. I've missed chatting with you all. David, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, I hope it all goes amazingly for you of your audition and for your show in Milan and also for us in Milan. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. Uh, I'll happily do this again. Um, it's been long overdue. Me and Bill have been talking about me coming on for ages um, when I'm not being mistaken for him at comedy clubs. So... I was going to say, now we've proved that you are, in fact, two separate people. We, we are two. I mean, I don't even think we sound the same, you know, but we uh, just... We do look, maybe look, maybe I, I could get an audition for this role as well, I think, maybe. Maybe, maybe. yeah. Don't have the same beard. Yeah. Uh, but thank you for having me. I've been, I've had, I've had a wonderful time. I'll tell you thank what, man, you if, so we get through the, uh, if we get through to the next round of the Champions League away, you've got to come on again. Oh, 100%. Have, have a gig there. Yeah, 100%. But yeah. When we get through. Of course. Yeah, when. Yeah. All right. Thank you all so much, guys. Um, Bill, will you see us out? Up the spurs. <laughs>